Jonathan Green is the editor of Castle's Dictionary of Slang. Perhaps you could give us a rundown of the themes that are most common in slang. I, I have here. This was when the book was about 78,000 entries long. It's gone up a bit since then. The book but being... This is my, my, my large, multi-volumed dictionary of slang, but it's true of all my dictionaries of slang. Basically, it's the headword list, to tell the truth, it's important. And the headword list was then about 78,000 entries. It's now near 100, so we can say that all these figures I'm about have gone up by maybe 20%. Drink, drinking and drunks, 4,100 words and phrases to do with that. Drugs, 4,000. Crime and criminals, 3,700. Money, 3,300. Fools, foolish people, to be foolish, 2,400. Sexual intercourse, 1,600. 1,350 penises, 1,180 prostitutes, 1,180 vaginas, 1,000 homosexuals. So penises are uh, above penises the Penises beat out the vaginas. Penises do beat out the Well, it's very man-made language slang. Very man-made. And it's, everything's from a male perspective. 1,000 policemen... 945 masturbators, masturbation, masturbating, die, death and dead, 830, beating or hitting, 728, madness, mad people, 750, racial or national abuse, specifically 570, but in combinations, maybe 1,000, the anus or the buttocks, 550, defecation, urination, 470, killing and murder, that's separate to beating up, Another 400. Ugly people, two, 300. Fat people, 300. Vomiting, 200. And that's where I stopped. But I mean, if you look at sexual intercourse and the penis and the vagina, which is how people think a lot of slang. Oh, and I would stress that um, after that list, I always say when I, when I talk about this, that then you look through the dictionary, you look for caring and you look for sharing and compassion, love. And as I always say, sweet fuck all. Because there are none. There are very few. In, I mean, in the, the nicest in the slang thing, dictionary. In a slang dictionary. The nicest thing men in slang dictionaries say about women is only in sexual terms. You know, she's a good fuck. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but it'll be, you know what would be interesting is to compare that list with the Oxford English Dictionary. Yes. See what, uh, do you, have you ever done that? I haven't. My God, I haven't. I've never tried. I don't have the time. Uh, but you say quite, you're absolutely right. It would be fascinating to compare it. I'm sh well, I can give you an example. The difference between standard English and slang is that, yes, of course, standard English is inventive, but it doesn't, it's not driven by this need to be inventive all the time. Mm -hmm. Clever. To be clear, and also to be slightly secret, the ideal is. So take the well, word. Well, also to be trendy, to, yeah. you know, to be hip, to be, yeah. so to be attractive to the, your, your pals. All that kind of stuff. But take the word drink or drunk. Let's take the word drunk. Drunk, I think, is something like a 50. 1600s, 1500s, 1600s, drunk, standard English drunk. We know what it means, it solves it. Slang has, as I say, something in the region of 4,000 words meaning drunk. That's, you know. So, what does that tell us? It tells us that, we're, that, that drinking is, is something that generates this one of these, one of these, what could be considered to be marginal, slightly immoral, very physical, act, self. It, indulgent activity it's not generates marginal language it, yes but that behavior getting drunk is clearly not marginal among the let's say 16 to, to 22 no 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 i agree it's, with you that's all mainstream those. that's what we used yes. to do it pretty well every week <laughs> indeed indeed i take your point i mean drink in a way is but it's still drunk teenagers young 20s are often certainly in england at the moment considered as anti-social and the language they evolved for it 
is, is perhaps one might suggest anti-standard. I, I define slang as the counter-language, which is quite consciously a borrowing from the counter-culture, which I've also written books about and was part of back in the 60s. My, my belief is that if you have a standard of any sort, be it law, be it clothes, be it language, we seem to be hardwired as human beings to come up with a counter. And in the case of standard English, or for that matter standard Spanish, standard French, standard Russian, standard whatever, we will come up with the counter-language, and the counter-language I would suggest is slang, and that's what I collect. So once you get beyond the headwords, once you break it down, the themes with the vagina, for instance, are invariably negative. Because slang, as I say, is a man-made language. It's a man's eye view. So the vagina is, it's a sort of euphemism, but much more likely it's something like it's an animal that bites you, scratches you, it lurks, it's a hole, it's a slit, it's a gutter, it's a trap. At best it's a road, but the road is usually curved and dangerous. Whereas the penis I always describe as a boy's toy. The penis is always a stick and a gun and a rod and a dagger and it's, you know, it's that kind of militarist, aggressive thing. And fucking itself, sexual intercourse, is which the general opinion seems to be that the root word is pugno, I fight in Latin. And that's pugnacious, the, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pugnacious. So it's always aggression, it's always aggression. Give her one, whatever, you know, all of those kind of things. Penis. So the penis is a boy's toy, the vagina is a snare and a trap, and fucking is the, is, is the male beating the woman. That is what slang is telling us. Well, isn't it interesting, because you get into the rap now... And Which is totally that. It's totally that. They yeah. talk about women as being bitches, bitches and, and hoes. And yeah, abs absolutely. But I would suggest that they are merely they're confirming a lot of things. They're confirming social stereotypes. There's male sexist social stereotypes. But they're also, yes, con confirming my slang theories, which you can see in the language. I mean, you can see it in the language... It is, I say, it's a male eye view, it's very sexist, it's very negative as to woman. There isn't much women-engendered women slang. Even with the ladettes, you know, the hard-drinking, hard-screwing... Feminists who are sort of trying to even they are, score. They are, however you define them, they're not coming up with new, interesting, girly slang, as far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm aware, but I don't think they are. No, because they will adopt boys' slang. You know, all these references to the vagina as being a snare and a trap, it, it's probably rooted in the fear that, that being involved yes. with the a Vagina woman. dentata, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's all that stuff. Yes, I don't think we have to make much effort to work out why, why yeah. this nonsense yeah. is as it is. But, I mean, I don't think slang is very subtle in that way. As I say, I mean, I have what I call the DIY intercourse group, which is, you know banging and nailing and screwing and hammering and planking and uh, see if there's any others and prodding and poking and knocking. I love it. You know, just, you know, go down to the DIY store, pick up some hammer and nails and go to it. But again, it's, you know, it's aggression. Yeah. But it's, you know, a lot of men would say this is the perfect, well, you know, sex and putting up a lot of shelves. Yeah. Not me, I can assure you. But I, I, anyway. Yeah, I suppose you're right. It gets a bit tedious if we try to there's not, interpret or analyze. I think, however, no, I don't think however, you can. I think however, it, there's one thing about the penis and, and defecation and, and bodily function, very mm. Rabelaisian. Why is it that it's so funny? Well, a few friends of mine and I got together about 10 years ago. We got a couple of slang dictionaries and we purposefully went through the slang dictionary to find references to the penis and the anus and 
I mean, it's very not laddish, but yes, it I is. Want, just, it's like, totally laddish, and I will give I you a book. I just wonder why it's so funny, though. Why is it so so funny for us? I fear, I fear, I'm not good at answering this question because because well, I think it's because we're embarrassed by it, aren't we? And here we are talking about it because the truth is that there are we're, we're not embarrassed anymore. What are I, cons- think. No, I think a lot of people are slightly slight. I, I would say there is still, or or if we're not actively embarrassed, we know this is naughty. Because it's infantilising, let's be honest, it's infantilising. I will give you a book that I have a spare copy of called The Big Book of Filth. And it is exactly what it says. And it's book, it's words for sex and mainly words for sex and defecation and so on. You'll see. I will, I will learn favorites? it. There must be some favourites, please. I, must be. I never do favourites. They're all my babies. I never do favourites. <laughs> I've been it's asked that on more radio shows with have. respect. Than, and I always say the same thing. I have no favourites. Uh, no. There's so many different ones. You know, there's so, there's so much, you know. Come on, then. Now, there's got to I mean, be something. I have, what's I have coming a, to mind right now? What's coming to mind right now? And what's it's, coming it's, to mind? There's no pressure. <laughs> no, there's no pressure. <laughs> Listen, we can just calm ourselves. You can wait for five calm, minutes. I never I don't do calm. <sighs> There's strange stuff. You see, some people would like Nebuchadnezzar, which means the penis, which comes, which is Victorian. But it's incre- it's a classic piece of laboured Victorian euphemism. Why is the penis Nebuchadnezzar? Because in the Victorian days, we'd have all done our Bible stories, and we'd know this stuff. And we'd know that Nebuchadnezzar was a king, I believe, of Babylon, and he went mad, probably God-driven mad, I don't know. Syphilis. Whatever. Anyway, in the Bible. And he, what did he do? He ate grass. Nebuchadnezzar eats grass. So, what is another word for grass? Greens. So Nebuchadnezzar eats, therefore he likes his greens. What is greens in Victorian slang? Greens is sexual intercourse. So the penis is Nebuchadnezzar. It's like going a marathon to get there. I mean, it's so long to get. I mean, another long one is Aris. Aris, which is rhyming slang. I don't like rhyming slang no. much. I've done a book on it, but I, I don't really like fun, it. Aris means, Aris means your ass. Right needs your bottom, your rear end. And the reason Aris means that is because Aris is short for Aristotle. Aristotle rhymes with bottle. Bottle and glass, bottle is short for bottle and glass. Bottle and glass is arse. Again, another trick around the wonder railway of slang. But I couldn't mean, you go directly like, by saying that Aristotle was an asshole? No, 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 none of you do that at all. That is, that is a philosophical dimension that I wouldn't bring in. Slang doesn't do much in philosophy. We don't do the soft stuff. One of the things about slang is that it's almost, I would suggest that the majority of slang is concrete terminology. Abstracts don't come into it. I said not much love and, love and compassion and hope and so on, but I mean generally... There's not much love and compassion and hope in your dictionary. No, I wouldn't say so, not really. It's more hate and hate and anger violence and, and sex, sex and drug and, taking and, and defecating and bodily function. It's real life, I would suggest. I yeah. think it's made me. I, I think all those moralizers, people like Mary Whitehouse. I don't know who your equivalent would have been. Ghastly woman in the sixties who fortunately is dead, and hopefully has found there is no god, um, and if not, has found there is a devil. Um, Anyway, setting that to one side, that whole like thing is, you know, if you associate with pornography, or no, pornography was her stick. If you put pornography, it's going to, it never affected her apparently, but everybody else would become enfilthed. Now, I associate with slang all the time, and I must admit, I have got kind of a cynical attitude to the world. I do tend to assume that virtually everybody's armed, vicious, carrying enormous stocks of drugs, and vomiting. No, I'm not paranoid, but it's just I have a, I have a more probably exciting view of the daily world than most people. <laughs> so we talked about the influence of Eric Partridge's books on slang, 
primarily they were from other dictionaries, referring back, what was the name of that love, the first one that you showed me that you have a first edition of? Uh, classical Dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue the by Vulgar Captain Tongue. Gross. Captain Gross, Captain wonderful Gross. man, Francis Gross. He was a friend of Burns, who actually wrote a poem. Robbie Burns. Robbie Burns, yes, the very same. He was a friend of his, and he went on a sort of minor peregrination, I think, in Scotland. He was a militia captain. He was an antiquarian. He did a book on dialect, but his most important book, although not considered so by the bibliophiles, is the classical dictionary of the Vulgar Tongue. There is this element of what I'd call Pac-Man. Each, each dictionary writer has to Pac-Man up and eat Eat the, the one who's, who's previous, who yeah. in turn is... Well, you stand is, on the shoulders That is as true, you stand on the shoulders, shoulders of, of giants. giants, yes. And that's and, what and you're doing. In the Oxford English Dictionary, I think there's something like 86,000 or 8,000, it doesn't matter how many, certainly in the old ones, that have, after, after a definition, it has a little square bracket in the word J, and then a closed square bracket. And what it means is, we have taken this from Dr. Johnson's Dictionary of the English Language, 1755. Fairy snuff. I'm not, you know... What my researchers, particularly my wife Susie and myself, have been doing is we've been looking for citations for examples, and that is the best, and I would suggest the only way dictionary. And that's You've what Johnson a, did. The, indeed he did. The difference, however, I hope between me and Johnson, and, and I say this, you know, I'm not in Johnson's league, never would be, but no Johnson knows. also was quite willing to write his own, if, if Shakespeare hadn't written it quite as he wished it to be, he would rewrite it. I mean, I'm sure you know this. Johnson was preaching, almost lit with a small p, high Anglo, high church Christianity and high Toryism. So when he comes to words like freedom and God and religion, they are defined with a huge political or religious bias. It's the same with Webster in America. Yeah. I mean, Webster's death defining is very much, I mean... Johnson will probably define freedom as, you know, the freedom to do what Parliament tells you, whereas Webster will, I mean, this is not literal, I mean, no, just, no, but, no, but, no. But, but Webster will probably define it as the freedom to tell the English to go to hell. Mm. I mean, it's that... What's well, the context? It's all these... It's I mean, what slang dictionaries don't do that people like Johnson and Webster did was try and... There was an element in which it was an individual person, and they put their stamp, political, social, religious, emotional, moral, whatever it might be, onto their work. I'm sure I do it, but I'm not sure. Mm. I don't do it as much as Partridge, I, one of the, I, because I've learnt from him. His, if you look at his entry on mini, miniskirt, it's, it's quite frightening. It's, as I recall, it's basically, I mean, he's not quite going, you know, sort of firm, young, white thighs, etc., etc., but it's a, not that far away. I mean, he lets himself go a little. Which is, I mean, so did Johnson. Johnson came in with some just hilarious... I'm more, I, I think one has to be more austere. The problem with dictionaries, and this is as true of slang as anything else, is that, right, Johnson defines the lexicographer as a harmless drudge. I don't think Johnson believed that. He had eight drunken Scottish drudges, poor bastards, and I've stood several times in the room in which they drudged, in Guff Square, mm -hmm. in, in, in the middle of London. But I don't think Johnson, who was, whose ego was so enormous, could possibly have had his tongue anywhere than in his cheek. But self-deprecating. And also he was talking to his patron and so on. When you're putting the book together, there is no doubt that when you're going through, say, a list of 500 words from American college campuses and their slang, which is very kindly sent to you by somebody who is an expert in this, and you have to check off whether you've got it, whether you've got it for that decade, because my citations, I want one for each decade of each definition of a word's existence. So, anyway, you are a drudge. Whether you're harmless is another story, but you're a drudge. But there comes a time when your book comes out and you stop being a drudge, you become the dictionary. Now, 
in my case, the slang dictionary. Is it in the slang dictionary? The concept of the dictionary is completely artificial. There are many, many dictionaries, although at any given moment there often is a the dictionary. I think for academics, for other lexicographers, for serious words people, the Oxford English Dictionary is it. But I know that, for instance, the Chambers is probably the dictionary for the purposes of Scrabble, of crosswords, I believe. Yes, they are considered to be the governor. But my point is that... You stop being a drudge and you become, albeit a minor one, you become a deity. An authority. An authority. Mm. I like the assonance of the Ds. Mm. Drudge, deity. Anyway, and my feeling is that therefore we can't, we have to be more austere in our defining. It's no good. Or objective, is that what you're Objective, I say austere, but I mean both austere and objective. Mm. One has to try and pull oneself out of it. But compared with Partridge, who was who would let himself go a bit. Well, that's and charming, I think, though. I don't, no, I don't think it is charming. I, depends, I, depends I don't what think, your no, objective I don't is. agree with you. I don't agree as with a, you. As an, an enjoyable diversion, I love the remarks that, that Johnson will make in his dictionary. Johnson's Johnson. We're talking genius. You know, neither Eric Partridge nor me are geniuses. And I'm sure he wouldn't have claimed it, and I damn well know I don't. But no, I think one does have this duty at a risk of taking oneself too seriously. I don't know. I'm putting out something that's supposed to be one of the better, perhaps the best slang dictionary that's been put out, the big one, when it comes to the multi-volume. Best research. As far as I'm concerned, that has to be for slang as good as the Oxford Dictionary is for standard English. Mm-hmm. I can't start pissing around with having fun. And, I, and I, I find areas where maybe I've slipped around and done that, and I will cut them. And if I find more, I will still cut them. I suppose you could come out with a, another shorter version of having a fun... Oh, I do small book. books as well. Yes, I mean, yes. I, the book you're holding there, the big book of filth, I mean, that's a complete spin-off, sold 300,000 copies, for God's sake. I mean, it's a joke. And it takes us back to what you were saying earlier about how, why is it this stuff's amusing? I'm not quite sure why. I think, in a way, it's, it reduces all, us all to silly little kids. Some of it's very creative, some of it's very amusing, so on and so forth. But the fact is that a book called The Big Book of Filth has done very, very well. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a book of dirty words and images and idioms. I mean, it's all taken from the slang book. I think I would suggest, at a risk of arrogance, that one of the reasons why it's done well is it has got some serious research behind it. It's not just a silly little book. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it's, <laughs> it's certainly a little book. Yeah, people don't read it for the research, they read it they, for the laughs. It is, part of, it is part of the book imprint that I never made, but would have liked to, called Books for the Bog. Books to put by your lavatory. <laughs> Good luck to it. We spoke about the influence of rap music on the lives and vocabularies of my daughters, who are 8 and 12, middle-class, white-bred Canadian suburb. The same influence is found among young My sons who are 28 and 23. All over the world. Certainly. Why is it that this particular genre is so powerful. Is it, it rhymes, it's... It's sexy. There's nothing more sexy for white boys particularly. The rebel culture. Well, no, the romantic rebel thing has been around since Byron, as we know. Yeah, but this language isn't but romantic. This is, it's not romantic, but it's the idea of being a rebel, being against society. And white isn't rebellious anymore. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Depp may play some good parts, but the fact remains is that, is that what's rebellious to the average 14, 15-year-old... I must admit, it fascinates me that it gets down to girls, white girls of eight, which you talk about. What they see in it, what they get from it, is hard to tell. 
But certainly I'm sure what boys of 15 and older get, white middle-class boys, that what they get is this sense of identifying with the rebels. Well, the fact that no, someone like Kanye that... West is actually deeply is deeply middle class, and the fact that his mother was, I, I think, was she a Black Panther? I think so. Probably means nothing to these kids who've never heard of the Black Panthers. Anyway, carry on. Well, I was just about to say, it's completely misogynist. Oh, it is. It's in one level. I, I refuse to moralise. When I began to look into hip-hop, and I realised that now, thanks to the internet, the whole of the hip-hop lyric world, every song virtually, is available on that computer. Mm -hmm. But not only that, country and western, mm -hmm. and blues, and rock and roll, and you folk, and you name it, and you name it some more. And you're sitting there thinking, I can't read every one of these damn lyrics, so mm -hmm. I've got to make a value judgment. Not a value judgment, just a, a, a sort of exhaustion call or something. It's, yeah. But that's the, one of the great well, you differences. You want the most commonly used Indeed you do, vernacular. But, well, you want that, but that's easy to get. It's what you want is the interesting little the other things. And then, of course, you come to the next problem, which is, has this got enough use for me to use it. Now, mm. with, a standard, legs, with a standard... Yes, to, to, to stay and legs. Usage. Now, with a standard English word, because I'm about to sort of go back on myself, because I just said that you can get all these slang lyrics on, on the net, and indeed you can. But with a standard English word, you can say, right, there are so many hits for it, but because, and therefore it is popular, or there are so few hits for it, therefore it's perhaps not worth putting in the book. That's one of the ways of judging it. Modern, new word. The difference with slang is that although it gets taken up quickly and, it, and, get, and proliferates, the fact is that there's no doubt that it stays, even out of the hip-hop lyrics, even out of the grooviest, trendiest, use a couple of nice old-fashioned words, language, it, because it's meant to be slightly secretive, because it's trendy, and trendy, trendy also means excluding as well as including. Excluding the adults. Excluding the adults, excluding the untrendy youth. Some of these words you might come, you might stumble across, and then you're, but you can't find them again, and, you're, and you sometimes you don't even know what they mean. Mm -hmm. they, sometimes you don't even know what. They, now, I use my thematic knowledge to say, well. Maybe this is something that the guy seems to be hitting the girl with. Maybe it's his penis, and it probably will be. You know, you sounded I mean? like Freud here. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> all right, there are other ways of doing it, but you know, that's. But there are some things you just sit and you look at it, and that's true. I mean, that isn't only true. Now there are also, I mean, words that have vanished. There is a fascinating book that I read from 1865. It's called, I think, The Diary of an something like an illustrious and celebrated burglar. There are only two copies in the world. One, and they're both on. They were published in, yeah, in 1865, and some of his talk, I just don't know what it means, because it's, it's housebreaking tools that he identifies and so on, Isn't things it? like that. Oh, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. But it drives you mad, because I'm supposed to be, the, I'm supposed to be when I finish being the drudge, I've got to be the deity. I've got to be the little tin pot god. So, you know. But why, I mean, to go back, having gone on a long, as I tend to, long excursion, quite, I mean, other than the rebel thing, and I guess it's good, you know, it's got good hooks, hip-hop. It's good to bop around to for little girls. I can't believe they're really listening to, mm -hmm. to somebody, you know, particularly some of these sort of 50 Cent and the, uh, and the old, or the gangster side of things. I don't believe they're, they're understanding a word of it. Or, mm -hmm. Well, they understand. No, that's bullshit. They, they understand, but they're not really... I'm sure they hear words and say, giggle, giggle. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, I, I mean, I know that I learnt my, the, the core of my obscene vocabulary, say, ten words... Um, the first day I went to boarding school when I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. 
and the boy put up two fingers to me and this was in Lincolnshire in a cold school in the middle of in the middle of cold potato fields in February January 1959 this kid puts up to I said, what's that mean I said fuck off I said what does that mean so he told me and um, we, we, we went advanced from there so yes. that was 1959 so if I knew that stuff then kids now will know a lot more I have a quick story like that. Uh, someone, when I was about 11, said, what were you doing uh, at home? Cornholing your brother? Uh, what's cornholing? <laughs> How do you get corn in there? Do you, do you, are you familiar I with that I assume it's a sweet corn. It's sweet, uh, not a sweet uh, corn not on the cob. Corn on the cob, I mean. A corn, yeah. Yes, yes, I presume it's corn so, on the cob. So it would come from a rural... Uh, that is one's image, yes. That is one's image. That's certainly what I think my definition would be. I'm trying to think if cob might not even mean penis. In some, I'm not sure if it doesn't in some areas. Just uh, in closing, just to follow on this secretive language, uh, this, the exclusivity, this, it seems to me that, in, in a way, jargon within various professions is used that way. It's quite irritating when someone in a particular profession will just start yammering on using all sorts of jargon specific to them so that it's, it's a bit of a power trip. Would you say that slang could be a bit of a power trip? I th well, I've written a dictionary of jargon. In fact, I wrote a dictionary of jargon, I think, before I wrote a dictionary of slang back in the 80s. It's a very small one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, jargon, I mean, when I was talking about slang and trendiness as being exclusive mm. and group-defining, mm. It has, that is something it absolutely has in common with jargon. And mm. I would say there are two sorts of jargon. There's obfuscatory jargon, mm. you know, uh, collateral damage, mean mm. blowing the heads off civilians, mm. which is used to make us think things are otherwise. But there's this kind of prof professional in-group jargon that both defines you as a member of the group mm. and defines the rest of the world as not a member of the group. Mm. I mean, I define that as occupational slang. And I think some of the words that I don't get from my mid-19th century burglar are probably really jargon words that, are, that simply have just not been picked up. Jonathan Green. This has been anything but drudgery. Good. And for me too. We will look forward to... What is it going to be called? What is it? The big one. Is what I want. The big one. I don't right know. Now, right now, we've right now it's the yellow Kessel's brick. Dictionary of Slang that you uh, edited and it's a it's a whopping 1500 pages and all it is is the, as you say the head words is it the keywords it's the, what you get is you get 1500 1600 double column pages about yeah. 87 and a half thousand head words with the definition the part of speech and an etymology when, whenever possible the story behind the word P pretty brief though right for each. As, yes of course yeah. it has to be it has to be, it has yeah. to be. that um, came out last november so it's as up to date as I can manage. Oh, yeah, of course it's out of date as soon as, soon as it's printed. But what? Uh, so when we, when can we expect the monster, the big one? The big one. I would like to think 2008. Certainly, it's on schedule for that. Very good. Well, can't wait for that. Hopefully, we can get together when when that launches. I look forward to it.